0: So Kelsey's giving me the thumbs up. That's better than getting the finger like I normally get. I mean. (laughs) Oh, good. That got a smile. A smirk from Jim, a smile from Kelsey, and (laughs) a meow from the cat. (laughs) Okay. Question one. Moving on. That's right. As soon as I get in my bad humor, it's like, okay, moving on. (laughs) All right. Come on.
1: I developed a never-before-phobia of tunnels after an MRI. That grew into fears of caves and drowning. In my physical life, when I come to a tunnel or have had another other MRIs, I chant my way through it. Also, when I witness drowning or caves on a movie or in a picture and I feel myself reacting, I've had an awareness that I need to practice calming myself and sometimes... I can remember to chant. It seems as if I'm preparing. Since this phobia developed after I was already an initiate for several years, I suspect there is a correlation. What is the significance?
0: Well, a couple things. One, when, when issues like that arise, it literally can be another karma from another lifetime that's coming forward in the consciousness to really clear and so it can literally just be a phase that you're going through that could last you know from weeks to months to even years it just depends on really the karmic lesson that's behind it all and the way I look at a lot of claustrophobia or really we should say the fear of that which creates that feeling suffocated is always getting us to go within. Whenever I have found myself in a place of feeling confined or suppressed is another way I like to look at it. It pushes me back to my center. And so the thing I would really suggest is looking at not how this stirs your fear, but really how it's serving you to assist you in coming back to your center. And the very fact that I heard you said you have to work at relaxing, um, To go back inside to get past that fear is a really great way to doing that. Because relaxation is letting go so that you can come back within. So that's the first step for sure. And then into the chanting. And that itself will pull you to center. Whenever you chant the sacred name, its very job is to bring you right up into the center of your soul here, the seat of the soul. But there's a seat of the soul on every realm. Just like we have it here physically, same thing exists on every other level. So no matter what level you're on and you find yourself chanting that sacred name, it acts like a magnet and just pulls you right back to itself. And as you do come centered, it's able to lift you. Now, why am I sharing all this? Because when that pulls you within and lifts you, as you heard Jim sharing earlier about rising above the mind, he shares it all the time. There's a reason for that. Because everything in this land of duality, polarity here, it's a magnet that keeps us attracted and caught up in it. When we meditate, it's almost like a different type of a magnet, but it's not a magnet of polarity in this world, it's a pull back into the oneness of spirit. And so what we wanna do is really now through the meditation, activate that pull inwards and upwards that literally pulls us out of the polarity. But as we are pulled out of the polarity, it starts to pull us within. So in other words, all the spectrums, the ends of the poles that we've been living in and scattered, now we've got to come back to center. But as we come back to center, what happens? We can often feel claustrophobic because when we are just focused into the polarity of this physical creation, we feel like we need to go out and about for our freedom. When we can't go out and about for our freedom and we're stuck, we feel claustrophobic or feared. That's how this creation works. But in truth, what's happening is that God is pulling us inwards and upwards. So as we pull back to that center, in the beginning, it'll feel claustrophobic in this creation. But that's the point now. As you've heard me say over and over, not only do we have to face our fears, we have to walk through them. Not avoid them, not deny them, but walk through them. But the way we walk through them here on the spiritual pathway is to begin to ask ourselves the question, what is this here to teach me? Or another way of saying the same thing is, what am I learning in this? So when we can start to see the lesson or ask the question to open up for the lesson to be revealed, is how we're able to let go the grips of fear in our anxiety and responses to the fear, which is basically what anxiety is, is a response to the fear, that it starts to diminish the magnetic pull and that releases us to come back into the spiritual pull in and up. So there's a lesson there in the claustrophobia. And fear is just the magnetic polarity of this world trying to hold us here So when we directly address the fear and ask the question, what am I learning here? It begins to dissolve the fear so that we can now be pulled inwards and upwards. And as we do, that's where the claustrophobia and all the karmic lessons around that begin to dissolve. And now we really are pulled more in and up. But also an in and up pull, as in your question. So I know I'm giving a long scenic, long winded answer here. That you asked something about or made a statement about something preparing you. Well, that is true. Because when we start to come into the straight and narrow, and I keep coming up here because we refer a lot to the seat of the soul, the spiritual doorway. Even Rumi called the doors open, the doors round. Well, that we have to enter into and through. So as we are pulled up to the state of soul here, in that doorway now is just a small opening that we have to move through. And it is like a tunnel, just as you mentioned in the MRI machine, that is a small tunnel that we've got to pass through from the physical consciousness into the other realms. And part of the soul the belief system here is the fear of death. And so inherently within this creation, when we come to that, there's a knowing inside, we're gonna die. Hence the fear or the claustrophobia has a fear of death attached to it. We're gonna suffocate. And that is part of the fear that each soul has to walk through here before that death or at the time of death, one way or another. Better to handle that fear before death. That way when death actually comes, that there's not going to be the fear holding us back, but we now know and we can just slip right on through the tunnel. And that's what we want to do here. So regardless if it was something from a past life where maybe we were suffocated, that's often the case, or if it is the preparation just for really getting free of our fear and this physical consciousness now, to me it's all the same thing, that we have to walk through those fears, especially the fear of death. And so that tunnel, the straight and narrow, just like you've probably heard many stories over time that when people have their near-death experiences come back and report, they always talk about a tunnel of light. Well, that is true. And that tunnel is that part that the soul traverses through from the physical consciousness into the spiritual. And it is. That's why I even called straight and narrow. And so it is that that we've got to bring ourselves centered to move through. So begin to look at the claustrophobia as an opportunity to overcome the fear of death. And the more we can do, like Jim was sharing about just giving it all up to God, that's like the best thing, but what did he say before that? To love it, to love it all. So just love the fear, love the claustrophobia, love whatever that is in front of you, because it is that loving one that brings us centered And then begins the uplifting action to allow God to pull us home. And also understand that in this journey of soul liberation and God pulling us home, we're going to have to move through those fears. And moving through those fears means we've got to love them. We've got to accept them. We've got to move through them with forgiveness and learn the lessons that are there for us. Because it all serves a purpose And we're to learn from that. We're not here to avoid anything. We're not here to deny it. We're not here to escape it. We're not here to try to bypass it. We're here to experience and move through so we fulfill all these things, including the fear of death itself. And in that, it sets us free. But the freedom comes because we have now a destination to go to called God. As Jim was sharing, to remember We feel dismembered, (laughs) it's a gross way of saying it maybe, when we come out of God and into this creation, we feel dismembered or we don't remember. And as we're waking up in the spiritual journey through meditation, we're remembering ourselves, becoming once again a member in union with God. And there is this process that this world would call it negative or fearful. But if you're in a spiritual world and watching it, the perspective isn't negative and fearful. It's called loving and the joy of the return. It's only a matter of perspective. From here, it is negative, fearful. From up here, it's a loving action of now the soul returning. So the more we can have that perspective, one, that can even help in overcoming the fears but again we're not about overcoming we're about moving through it so I hope maybe I answered and maybe gave more than what was being looked for but that's really the case for everybody regardless if it's a claustrophobia or something else that we're walking through in this journey of return you have anything to
2: add? <clears throat> one thing I would say too you know I talked earlier about giving it up to God give everything up to God and If you don't understand it, you don't remember a past life, what is causing maybe some of the energy, just give it up to God. Just say, God, I don't want this to separate me from you. I don't want it to separate me from myself, my inner self. And just give it up to God, and let God then help you to handle it. And I think you'll find maybe understanding, clarity, uh, dreams might answer something, whatever. But keep giving it up to God and see what might happen. I think you'll find it quite interesting what could be revealed.
1: It's a dream. This is a dream. Yes, this is a dream. (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting to get into junior high school when a small but powerful woman dressed in a royal blue-fitted pantsuit stepped regally out of a royal blue car. She had on a royal blue pillbox hat. Her hair was short, neat, and her facial features were chiseled. Somehow we both were waiting together. They came by and gave me a mat. It was literally a doormat. I was tasked with finding the 180th brown plastic tuft on this mat. As I was on my knees searching for it, the woman was stating somewhat loudly that she was very fit. Somehow getting the 180 was indicative of a certain level of fitness. I told her that I felt that everyone should be fit, but that I didn't always do what it is necessary to be fit.
2: That's it? That's it. (laughs) Well, the royal blue is a, a color having to do with awakening to the greater truth within ourselves. And she's saying that she's very fit, to me means she's done the work to get to that level that she could really say that. And I think that woman in the royal blue represents that level of consciousness within you who is longing to fulfill something, to to live something out or to move into that place of knowing I've done my part. And so I think that it's a reminder to you to really take care of yourself and to do what you need to do to take care of yourself and begin to make that a little bit more important than maybe you have in the
0: past. And I would just add on and affirm what Jim was just saying, that the, um, the statement of, well, even though I know what to do, those aren't the exact words I know about, and maybe I don't do it all, that's that's a nice statement of being honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. In other words, when you make a statement like that, pay attention to what that is you know you need to do that you're not doing because that is that is your inner knowing letting you know what you do need to do to take responsibility for your thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions because as you take responsibility and do what you know needs to be done is really how you liberate the soul, and that's really key. Is When you really know what you need to do to liberate the soul, then you just need to do it. It's not like a have to or any certain timeline. It's really more of a need to when you are ready to. But at least there's the inner knowing that of that which you need to do. And that's really the key. That's what we all really want is we always ask God, you know, what do I, I want to know? What do I need to know? What do I need to do? Blah, 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 whatever that is to get home to God. Well, that's the inner knowing, letting you know that's what you need to do. So pay attention to that and don't just blow it off. Look at it and don't judge yourself for it. It's not a time to beat yourself up either because you think you're not doing what you need to do. It's rather a reminder of like, hey, look at you've done a great job. Like Jim was saying, you've been doing the work and you've made it very far. And now here's just that little bit more to do. And the fact that it was going to junior high is letting you know where you're all along on the journey that you've really come a long ways and there's a little ways more to go yet. So pay attention. This journey is like school in a way because there are lessons, but these lessons are the lessons of life of the soul's journey through this creation. It's not an intellectual process like we do in this world, but it's a learning process through our experience. That's how the soul learns and grows through this, les- this school of life. And so we need to pay attention to that and really acknowledge that. And what's always going to get us to pass is definitely the meditation. But that's also why we talk about LAF, loving, accepting, forgiving, and taking responsibility for our thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions. And that, to me, is what a lot of the royal blue represents, is a lot of now handling that taking responsibility and doing the LAF. And the more we do that, then the more the meditation action with the sacred name will really serve us to get liberated.
1: Thank you so much. These broadcasts have done so much to keep me going during um, this up and down time. I love you, Jim, Brian, and Kelsey, and and I'm everlastingly grateful and feel so blessed to have you in my life. Okay. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) I have had so much doubt about the way I've done my path. I recently realized that I'm doubting and judging it myself, my way, almost constantly. I realize that I'm afraid to do it my way because I might be wrong, might be doing it wrong. Wrong is very big deal going back to childhood. Now I'm working on doing my path my way. And I'm trying not to focus as much on the possibility of wrong. I'm doing my best to trust that God will set my course straight if need be. However, this pattern is deeply ingrained. I, seek a lack, I see a lack of trust everywhere in myself now since my newfound resolve keeps bringing it into my awareness. Love you and thank you.
0: Well, to me, when I hear somebody judging themselves and making themselves wrong, like you're saying, one, we all do that. It's it's probably one of the most common human conditions, no question. This, is, this creation is good and evil, right? Right and wrong. Tree of knowledge. That's what it's about. But even the tree of knowledge, what is that saying? It's about learning. It's about knowing. But in the right and wrong, it's about the knowledge of the mind that is based on judgment. So one is just to acknowledge the premises of this creation and let it be okay, just to accept it. So in other words, the harsher you judge yourself as right or wrong, the more you're fulfilling this creation. So good job. (laughs) And that's really the truth. I make jokes like that, but those of you who've been around, you realize my jokes really contain a lot of truth because it's true. It's not until we often fulfill the polarity that we're ready to even really now begin the spiritual journey of awakening back home to God. So literally acknowledge yourself for doing that. In other words, instead of judging yourself for making yourself wrong, give yourself some credit for making yourself wrong just that alone will actually start to change that level of perception within yourself and begin to loosen and free up the energy of what judgment does. Judgment's like suppression. It's not like it. It actually does suppress us. And that's all based on fear. Everything starts in fear in this creation and then it manifests through judgment and right and wrong, good and evil, all of that. So we first have to acknowledge what that is. We don't want to deny it or avoid it. We want to acknowledge exactly what's going on and how this creation works in this land of reflection. Because when we do that and we come into acceptance of that, that begins to free us right there. And in that freedom is where we can begin to now open up to other possibilities. So you've got to take the first step. You can't bypass that. So take that first step and acknowledge that. I'm not gonna tell people, don't judge yourself. That's ridiculous because everybody does and everybody will. That part, I'm not gonna say it ever stops until you leave this creation permanently, but it does get less and less the higher we go up into spirits. But in knowing that, we also need to begin to look at the lessons. What is it here to teach us? Because in all those judgments, all that wrongness, there's a lesson there. So what I do is, you just heard me share earlier, instead of looking at that, whenever I find myself judging myself or others or any circumstances or situations, is begin to look at and say, okay, so I'm in the pattern of judging, making wrong, and what am I to learn in this? That is the main question I have learned to literally ask myself all the time. What am I learning here? What is this teaching me? Again, it, It sounds like two questions, but it's really the same one question. Because as soon as I ask the question, I then open. And it's only as we open that allows us to start learning. As long as we keep judging and fearing, we keep the door closed, no opportunity to learn. As soon as we ask a question, it opens the door inside of our consciousness to start learning. For the light of spirit to bring the revelation, to bring the awareness, to bring the understanding. Because everything here, no matter how negative or wrong it seems, is here to teach us something. But we have to bring ourselves to the place of learning and accepting and opening to what that is to teach us. That is our responsibility. Not God's. God's not going to do it for us or to us but God will walk with us. But that is our responsibility, to start asking the questions, to open up, to look, to listen, so that we start learning what is, it is in this creation that we're here to learn. Because all the negativity, wrongness, evil, whatever you want to call it, is actually teaching us something. There's something to learn, as Jim said, in the separation. The experience here is about separation. But what are we learning in that? Well, we're only going to learn if we really open and ask so it can start to come forward to be revealed. And that's literally all we have to do. I always like to say there's really only one answer to every question, and that answer is God. But remembering God is all things. So, no matter what all the little questions and learnings along the way back to God in God, there's the all-knowing of everything, so that's why you hear us repeat over and over, "It's always God first, God only give it all up to God with all of it, and this is just one of the main ways and how to do that because you- I know so many times we give everything up to God, do the l a f do everything try to love it and yet it we feel stuck and it doesn't move or it doesn't open it doesn't release when that happens that's letting you know it's time to really stop fighting and struggling with whatever it is that's not moving in you where you feel stuck and it's time to start asking the questions and opening so that you start to learn the lesson there and that's really the biggest key no matter what it is i mean that no matter what it is And
2: uh, part of that for me would be a response of when I was about 12 or 13, I was getting a lot of people saying to me, I was doing my life wrong. I needed to do it different. I had to do it the right way. And so I took it inside and I just presented it to God and I said, "What? what is this about? What am I to learn here? <clears throat> and right away it was, you've got to find your way. There's no right or wrong, there's your way. What works for you? What is that which is true for you? What answers it for you? And so from then on, I didn't listen to the world saying, this is wrong, this is right, because there is no right or wrong way when you're really looking and awakening to the the self of who you are and what is your way. So look and find what is your way and realize there is no right or wrong. For some people, what is right and it works for them isn't what's going to work for you. And for others, that which is wrong in many people's eyes (coughs) is working for them, and that's their right way. So you've got to find what works for you and work that and stop looking outside of yourself and listening to what the world has to say. (laughs)
0: does that mean we have shorter quicker answers
1: (laughs) not necessarily there's just a lot coming in we'll just say
2: yes or no
0: (laughs) a lot of our answers we give actually answer a lot of questions if you actually listen and pay attention
1: yeah they're great okay um here's a question for Jim and Brian. Many people <laughs> on the path of sound and light, including myself, recall very little meditation experience, even after years of participation. <clears throat> Others seem to have epic cinem- cinemascope adventures during their time in meditation, which must be encouraging to them to continue practicing. In any case. Who makes the decision about who will see and who will not recall these experiences and how is this decision made also can the situation change over time and what can be done to encourage the ability to recall meditation experiences
2: (laughs) well that's a, a question here's an answer and this is just an answer. I mean, there's so many different answers to that state, that question. But <clears throat> the key in meditation really is to find the simplicity, that silence, that focus point within you that will take you higher. Some people do end up <laughs> going off on many different experience and journeys. And in that, that's serving them to continue doing their meditation and going within but also sometimes in a lifetime of meditation they go searching and running after those experiences and they don't stay focused on God and so they have a lot of outer experience or inner experience but they don't really continue the journey to the fullest that they could if they were just doing the simple meditation chanting the sacred name holding a focus on God, loving God, and letting God love them and stay to that point of simplicity in their journey. And so why you don't get the experiences may be just that. It may be that in another lifetime, you were one that got caught up in all of the outer and inner experiences that people are describing. And you went off on a tangent chasing after that or believing that all that was the journey and you didn't continue the journey to the fullest point. So it may be in this lifetime it really is that it's to help you to really keep coming back to center, to keep coming back to simplicity, to keep God first and God only, like I always say, and not be distracted again in, in this lifetime on these other Actions of journeys that uh, are maybe relevant in some ways, but in other ways, maybe not. So I would look at it and say go for the simplicity, go for God, make God first, and make yourself, your soul first, and not the outer journeys that people are describing. Anything else?
0: Well, like you said, there's definitely a lot of things. Um, Addressing the other part of who makes a decision, you do. Not you that is the ego, you that is the soul makes the decision what is going to best serve you. And that is truly based upon life after life. Just like Jim was saying, maybe in a past life you had more of that and it was a distraction. So then in the learning of all that, then at the soul level, a choice is made not to have that so that we can learn different things. And also to be able to not have all the distractions, like Jim was saying, to be able to really hold to the simplicity to really go beyond all the phenomena and really now move through the straight and narrow and up into the spiritual realms back into God. Because as much phenomena as there is, that's mostly metaphysical. That's on the other realms of the astral, causal, mental, and etheric. And in that, it's an amazing, wondrous journey, but it is also still of all this creation of time and space. All of it. And... What we're doing on this pathway is transcending all of that. We're going beyond this physical creation and into the realm of soul and spirit. And in order to do that, we have to learn how to hold on that one centered point and that sacred name and that inner light that literally is the straight and narrow that goes through all of it and beyond all of it. And that's where not having all these inner experiences can be a real service to us so that we don't get distracted and caught up in all the phenomena so that we do go into the realm of spirit and get liberated. And that's the key. And that's why you hear us talk more and hear about just the inner golden white light or the purple light or the blue and pink, because we're just trying to give you that alignment and the most common simple things – that people do see and a hold of that. You're better off, if you see that purple light, you're better off just holding in that and being in the peace and the subtlety of it as long as you can, if that's what's going to get you to God, than to have all these epic experiences if that's going to distract you. And that's really the truth. All the other. If you do have it, it's there for this lifetime just to serve you. And the other part of the question is, can it change? Yes. Like before I had this lifetime, my awakening spiritually, I had no idea about spirit and inner experiences. But as soon as I started meditating, it all opened up. I started having experience. So yes, it can change. So let that be okay. But if all you're doing is making your meditation about having experience, you're missing the point Mm -hmm. of what we're trying to do here. The point is not to have experience of all this other stuff. The point is going home to God. If all the other stuff happens or doesn't happen, then leave that up to God. So I guess that's the other part of the answer of who decides. Well, your soul decides, but that's decided with God and how your ego plays and all that is also part of the equation. So it's all of it, but all of it is you because you are all of it.
1: Hi, Brian and Jim. My question is, I lately have become aware that I feel disconnected from my physical body. It does not seem to be part of what I'm aware of. I seem to be vibrating just above my head where I don't have mind chatter or emotional sensations, all quiet in a state of observation and being just being present, actively engaging in this state of being, having from deep within a sense of joy, inner contentment, and peace. Then something happens. I turn my focus to said situation and feel an unpleasant sensation in my body. I deal with whatever is in front of me to then turn to this peaceful state again. Sorry, to turn to this peaceful state of being, like I am floating or daydreaming. Could you please explain what is happening? In this state of being, there is nothing to do or present. Are present.
2: Well, you're waking up into that which is more of a spiritual nature. Just like we say, in that place at the Sea of the Soul and Beyond is where you find the peace and the joy, the quiet, and the contentment of things. And yet, we are in the body as well. So you're going to be involved in the world. You're going to be involved in events in the world, and your body is going to experience it. And so you're going to be pulled down, and that's just natural. And you go down and you have the experience and you learn from it. But bring the experience up, up to the soul and up to God, and and learn to live from here and in this, but also learn how to participate in the world as well, because that's important. While you're in the body and in this world, there's lessons to learn, things to experience, things to move through, things to let go of. And we can only do it if we are a part and parcel with the world as well as with our soul. So find the way to balance that. It's not about one or the other. We live in both worlds. I live in both worlds. And there are sometimes things in the world that will upset me in the world. But I take that upsetness into spirit, into God, and I hold it there to bring it into balance, to bring it into clarity and understanding so that I can come back down here and then answer it in a different way than I would if I was all upset and ready to yell at something.
0: You wanna see what that looks like? (laughs) Not right now, I don't. That's it. Okay. I literally was gonna say the last, the second part of what he just said, I was gonna answer and then he said it, so.
1: Perfect. Since the lockdown, I am not involved in outside life as before, but meditate and using LAF. However, I can feel an energy going around inside of me wanting to hook in somewhere. My mind wants something to hook into, but with my state of being, it is now now an option not to follow the mind all the time, or if I do, I can course direct easier now. I don't want to go back to the old way once lockdown is finished. Can you maybe talk a little bit about this? Thank you. I love you both so much. My heart is overflowing for
0: you. Go ahead. I was just going to say I don't know if there's much to talk about. It sounds like they have it handled. I mean- well, I, th-
2: I think what they're saying is, what do I do when I end up getting caught back out in the world again? And then that's, that's going to be the challenge. I mean, that is the challenge of this world. It's ever going to be pulling on you and calling you back out. And it's just up to you. Now that you have a reference point, now that you know there's something other than the world to choose into, you can rise above the mind and take charge of it. And in a sense, direct the mind as to where it's going to get involved and not. And when you catch yourself going back down out into the world, through the mind, to get caught up in something... As soon as you realize what's happening, it's up to you to bring yourself back up here to the seat of the soul and then make a choice as to whether or not that's where you really want to have your energy, your attention caught up in or involved with and look at it and see, is there something for me to learn here or is there something for me to let go of? And that'll, that'll answer a lot of it for you. And it's just part of the world challenge inward and upward, down and out, inward and upward, down and out. And it's learning how to balance all that. And I think you will be able to balance it because you're doing the meditation. And meditation will be the key by which you balance it all.
0: Amen.
1: (laughs) During my meditation today, I had an amazing awareness for some time during my meditation, I would hope that my body wouldn't disturb and distract me with its twitching, etc. I felt it. I felt when it happened, at times, I would go into annoyance thinking my body was trying to fight my soul to keep me here. I know you both have shared with me over and over that those twitches are just the setting, I as soul are just the setting I as soul free from all the attachments and webs I have created. For so long it was just annoying. Well today I did something different. I went with it, accepted it, loved it. And what my inner voice kept saying is, this is what, this is what God first, God, o- God only is. Loving and accepting it all, going with the flow of loving. Then those twitches became a liberation that when it would twitch, it would be another little attachment I was just liberated from. <laughs> now I know what you two meant.
2: Excellent. That's it. That's it. You know, I can't say anything else beyond that. She, that the person's doing it, and that's the key. You just do it until it gets done. And when it's done, then you know. And yeah, you still may have the twitches at times, but you'll understand what that's all about, and you'll relax into it and allow it and rise above it all. Excellent. Mm
1: -hmm. Hi, Jim and Brian. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) I'm making big changes inside myself towards a more loving space. But a lot of darkness is bubbling up and I don't know if I'm going backwards or getting freer if this darkness is showing up to get released. When the darkness shows up, I think I am very mentally sick and something is very wrong with me because my thoughts are horribly dark and twisted and I go into suicidal thoughts really fast. I don't know what's going on, it's like a horror movie of trauma and dark imagination that overtakes me especially around sex also oh do you want do you want me to keep going or want to
0: yeah, i was going to say i could have interrupted even just a little while back so one one thing to keep in mind regardless of the um the expression it doesn't matter whether it, if it's dark or twisted or anything I want everybody to know on this pathway, when you truly have the intention to go home to God and you take the steps of doing the meditation, learning the teachings, taking the actions like we teach here, you can just know that no matter what shows up, it is you getting free. I know when the dark stuff shows up, it feels like we're going backwards. But remember what we always say, that dark stuff's going to come up because that's what stands between us and God, and we have to move through that. That's why it comes up. Those are the lessons that we are here to learn by taking responsibility, by asking the question, what am I here to learn, by practicing loving, accepting, forgiving, and by making God more important. That's how we get through it. That's all we have to do. So no matter how dark, how bad, how twisted, does not matter at all. All that matters is that we just keep walking towards God. That's it. Does not matter what shows up, how good for that matter as well as how bad. Because sometimes a lot of good can show up. If we've got good karma because we've done a lot of good and it comes back to us this life, that could distract us. And we could get caught up in that and then not go to God just as much as the bad stuff. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad stuff. What matters is that we just keep walking towards God no matter what. That's the thing to remember. If you keep doing the meditation, moving towards God, that's what matters. Don't let all the other stuff make you doubt yourself. Cuz it will. It'll make you doubt yourself. You'll start to you'll judge yourself, you'll start to think you are going backwards. But that's what it wants you to do. That's the false belief. That's the illusion of it all. The truth is, nothing can stop you from getting home to God. That's the truth. But we have to now just do it. You don't have to believe it. You don't have to believe any of this. You just have to take the actions and do it. And that's what will get you through it, no matter what all the details are. In truth, the details don't even matter. Now, also having said that, For the details that are for us individually, that's where our lessons are. And as I shared earlier, it's just a matter of being willing to look and to learn. But how do we learn? How do we look? Through loving. When you can love yourself and love the situations, you'll be willing to look and you'll be willing to learn. And that's why it's key. But in order to do that, we just have to keep moving towards God because that's the only way we can do the loving. And in that, it will give us the strength, the courage, whatever we need to actually to do the looking and the learning along the way.
2: And I would say, don't look outside yourself for the loving. Go inside and say to yourself, I love who I am. I love myself just as I am. I am loving, and I am living that loving more each day. And I'm going to bring the loving into all these areas that I call my darkness. And love it as well. Because this is all a part of me. But it's a part of me that has gone into separation. And I've got to bring it back unto myself, whatever this is. And love it. I forgive myself if I created it and separated myself from myself. And I accept it just as it is and allow it to be what it is but I'm going to love it and transform it into the loving. And that you can do. It sounds like a lot, but it isn't. Whenever the darkness comes up, whenever the suicidal comes up, whenever the sexual urge comes up, you love it all and you bring God into it all. And by doing that, it will begin to transform. And then it's up to you not to give in to the deep darkness of it all and go deep into it and get lost in it. But it's rather bring God into it and then let God assist you in staying distant from it or separating from it or calling it forward into the true nature of itself, which is your loving. It's that you've, you've focused outside of yourself for an answer. You're looking for loving outside of yourself, and now you've gotta go inside and find the loving for yourself It's there. That'll be the difference. And until then, you are gonna experience these things and you've gotta find a new way of, of having the experience of how, how you're gonna handle it, how you're gonna deal with it. If you give into it and let it play on you and take you down a dark tunnel, hey, that's what we do at, at Playgrounds. We go into dark tunnels, we go into the roller coasters, to have those experiences, so have the experience of whatever the roller coaster ride is that you're putting yourself on, and look to see where you can get off, how you can get off, and stop having to ride the the ride all the time. I don't know if that analogy is a good one, but I I have a feeling it might be.
0: And maybe not, because some of us like roller coasters, <laughs> but like anything, anything, once you do it enough it gets common and boring and you wanna do something else. True. And that's often the case, that once we've been through something enough, just the fact of going through it over and over and over and over, and in that repetition, we start to realize nothing changes, some part of us begins to eventually realize, nothing changes, I keep going through this, what's the point of it? You know, I wanna do something else, and then you do. Literally, it can be that simple. But as long as you keep judging it and making it wrong and struggling with it, it locks you into it. So if you look at how long you've done the pattern and all the circumstances that come with the pattern, if you go back and look at your history and see how you've done it over and over and over, you'll start to realize not really much has changed other than maybe a name and a face. And that's an important thing to look at. Because in that, you'll come into greater acceptance and realize, wow, I'm still alive. I'm okay. I may get upset, but I'm not truly hurt or harmed, even though sometimes I'd like to believe I am. So what's really going on here? I guess it doesn't matter I'm going through this, so I might as well just get on with things anyway. And that's eventually often what will break whatever addictions or behaviors or patterns we have that we think we can't get out of because we're not trying to get out of habits, addictions, and patterns. We're trying to go home to God. You focus on going home to God, all the habits, addictions, and patterns, they kind of get taken care of just by themselves because if you make God your focus, you'll start to look at things in the way like we're sharing now. And what I just described is what I did in my own life with my own habits, addictions, and patterns. I just looked at how they played, and every time I realized, well, I guess I'm all right, and gosh, I'm not the only one who goes through this. Pretty much all of humanity does, so what's the big deal? And I just started coming to greater acceptance. I made it okay, in other words, instead of judging it as something wrong. It's something that's common to the animal nature, so why not just accept the animal nature? And as soon as I moved into acceptance, I was able to be open to loving. And that's when everything transformed for me. You can go ahead and read the rest of it if you want. We probably answered it all, but if there's anything more to comment, we'll say it. If not, we'll just let it go.
1: Okay. Also, I'm trying to spring clean, like Brian said, a pattern that I've carried my whole life of self-destruction. When, I'm in an, uh, when I have an argument with a loved one, I spiral quickly into unworthiness and I go into a traumatic state where all I can think of is self-harming. I tried a few times to break the cycle and stop the trauma and it took a lot of effort, but I was able to not go on for so many hours like before. I think that that state of being in pure survival mode and wanting to die and hating myself has a sweet taste of being in the known. I find some pleasure in dwelling in that state, even though it hurts me so much. I would like to let go of it. Can you please help me? Thank you.
2: You know, one thing I would say is this. The pattern you're describing is based a lot on disappointment in the world that you didn't get the love from your parents or your family, and you're not getting it now. And no matter what you do, they're making you wrong. And no matter what you do to adjust that, it's still wrong. And so you're gonna find that you're looking outside in the world to get things right, to get love from those that can't love you. And it's not that they can't love you, it's that they don't love themselves to be able to love another. And so it really is now pull all that energy in and start just finding that way to be with yourself and to love yourself and to let you be the fulfillment of all that that you're looking for in the world. Because the world isn't the answer. And the people don't have that energy to give you to answer it. So you've got to pull all that looking outside of yourself for that and take it inside, and let them have their lives, and you discover your life by loving yourself. And the way you find the, the love for self is loving God, and asking God to love you, and opening. You have to open and allow God's loving in, and then you're going to begin to find that love of self, that true self-loving that will fulfill you and answer a lot of what you're longing for.
0: You just described what I did years ago.
2: Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. That's really true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hadn't thought of that. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Hello.
0: Hello.
1: I enjoyed the end of the meditation today as usually I get out of meditation the same way I wake up, and I do not take the time to contemplate my meditations and jump back into the world with no transition as I don't practice much transitions in my life as I speed too much. However, I noticed that if I experience a good meditation like today, and I know it was good as I felt the peace and the movement of loving, and worked so many things out and I feel renewed from today's meditation, but it becomes impossible to regroup and remember anything at the end of meditation. I only remember the bad meditations. I know there is no good or bad of anything (laughs) but I qualify the bad meditations as the ones where I don't travel anywhere and are full of mind pains and troubles, my most com- common kind of daily meditations, unfortunately. The energy of the group definitely helps me a lot. It definitely helps me a lot to help me achieve a good meditation most of the time. I wish I could remember my meditation today as I feel renewed and I know I went through a lot of transformations in such a short meditation, but transition was a great thing to learn today at the end of this great meditation, but it didn't bring back any memories at all. Usually good meditation don't bring back any memories for me ever. Any suggestions?
2: Go ahead.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, it sounds like when you're really having the good meditations, you're really opening the spirit and getting free of all the other stuff. And there's nothing to really remember in that regard because you're really moving in a neutrality and unconditional loving. To me, when when you have memory and the bad stuff, that's letting you know where your lessons are and what to love, to accept, to forgive. So... What you do remember and the bad stuff, just pay attention. And again, what are you to learn there? Just ask the questions and begin to do the LAF with all that so that eventually even the bad stuff you start to forget. It's not that you really forget it. It's that you actually neutralize it and dissolve it. To me, that's what a lot of that is. And more than likely, you'll find that the more the bad stuff that neutralizes and dissolve, you'll start to actually remember the good stuff. The other very practical tool that can be used right along with what I just said, because what I just said is really more the main focus. It's the inner spiritual. The other physical tool you can use is just journaling. It's just having a journal that, you know, it's just more of a discipline. When you get done meditating, write something in the journal. Even if what you write in the journal is, I don't remember anything in meditation. Mm -hmm. It's okay to do that. Just start writing, and eventually you open a door to allow that remembrance to come forward as you write in the journal. And another technique with journaling is, even if you don't remember anything, make something up. Well, if I would remember or if I did remember what happened in meditation, this is what it was. And then you just make something up and literally write down a fantasy if you want. In other words, what happens is when you begin to express it, it opens that door in the consciousness to allow it to start to come forward until eventually you actually do start remembering more of what took place.
2: That's well put.
1: She says aloha and thanks.
0: (laughs) Keep going and I'll be able to hear, but I need to use the restroom a sec.
1: Okay. I have a reoccurring dream that I would love more clarity on. I find myself coming down a steep hill, and to my right is a white castle-like structure, very large with many rooms. As I proceed down the hill, I see to my right a very large grove of white trees. Then a clearing, and at the bottom of the hill is one very large tree. Under the tree are lots of benches a gathering place. Recently, in the same dream, I saw a small homemade fan had been added. I love this dream, always awake, feeling peaceful. Would love more clarity on its meaning, sending love and gratitude to all.
2: Well, it's interesting you're coming down, not going up. So it means you're up at a higher level and you're coming into a place where you have experience, but it's white and it's peaceful and quiet. And to me that means that you're coming into a greater understanding of some things in spirit, in the peace of yourself. And the gathering place is really a good place in spirit. Under a tree, which would be a very good place and how it would look in spirit is to be gathering together with others, to be in in counsel, to be in remembering, to be in participation in the loving, and in the group consciousness. Um, so really, that's a very good experience. I, I don't know what else to say than that. Do you have? Did you hear it? No, it's. Oh. So I, th- I think that that um, I I don't have a lot of pointers on anything in that. That's excellent.
1: I have been passionate about my work and career all my life. Having been off of work for two months, I was surprised to realize that I do not miss it and I do not have a (laughs) desire to return. (laughs) And I feel neutral about this. As you said in your talk, Brian, I realize this as the old dying off to make room for the new, a significant step towards better focus on soul and leaving this realm. Nothing this significant in letting go has ever occurred in my life. Do you have any further directives for when this happens? I still need to work for a while.
0: You know, the the key always is, is just keep looking to God. Just keep doing the meditation. Because no matter how it comes about, when it is time for change, change will happen. Because we will have had the experiences we needed to have to learn whatever lessons we needed to learn. It really is as simple as that. No matter how it comes about, whether it's just in our own individual lives or if it's on a global scale, no matter how it happens, it's just as long as we keep looking to God and knowing that's where we're moving towards, then life will literally unfold itself. And every single circumstance that does unfold literally just gets us that much closer to God and fulfilling our journey here in this creation until it's really, truly complete. No matter what that is. And that's really the simplicity of this pathway and of this journey. Regardless of all the details, all the circumstances, no matter how small or large. Literally. And sometimes I know that's hard for people to understand because the ego wants to make everything so important or so dramatic or so traumatic or so wonderful or so anything and that really just distracts us from really the truth of it all. It's not to say don't enjoy the ups and downs of roller coasters or the trauma, drama, and joy and wonderfulness. Just know that's part of life here. But all of us is literally ushering us forth to just simply have experience to fulfill why we've come here. And truthfully, really just to fulfill God, not just why we've come here, but to really fulfill God by coming here and moving throughout all of God's creation. Because this is just one aspect of God's creation, and we as a soul are going to go into all, all the different aspects of God's creation so that we fulfill ourselves in all of God, in God within us. Very good. Well, Thank you. <laughs> I guess that means you don't have anything else to add?
2: No, that was very good.
1: (laughs) Recently, I experienced a meditation in which Jim and Brian each took one hand, one on each side of me, and walked me up steps to a very bright figure, like a white or yellow light, or white-yellow light. There was a flash that spread across the sky, and I merged with this light. But just as suddenly as this happened, it seemed that I was trapped in some kind of geometric figure, like a crystal, looking out at this happening in the distance and could not seem to get out. I felt like I was just observing and not really in the experience. I decided to stop struggling to see if that would work and then found myself above the light in a dark place but feeling free. A few weeks earlier, a few weeks later I had the same image of Jim and Brian leading me up the stairs, but this time I was participating and not observing and in the light and I felt a great experience of loving. My question is about the meaning of first observing an experience and then later in a different meditation participating in the experience. Both were good experiences and brought me closer to God but the observation experience had initial frustration with it.
2: The first one had the mind element in it. The mind was trying to figure it out or understand it or participate in it in some way. And so that's the geometric figure or place that she got into. Uh, The geometric would be that element of mind of structure and uh, that causes separation and it causes us to to block in experience what we want to do is go into experience in soul and spirit so the second dream is where she's going or the second experience is where she's going into it fully and not approaching it through the mind
0: very good (laughs)
1: i had an experience last september that lasted several hours i'd like to understand more of what it was i felt a shift as i was in the park i began to see everything around me in a glittering kind of light a different way of seeing i stood then sat by a tree and simply observed wanting to really feel it for as long as it lasted. I spoke to no one. I could only smile, and yet I felt I was connecting to each living thing. I was outdoors with many people moving about near a large body of water. I saw the lovely and beauty, I saw the love and beauty and glow of each person, each plant. The glow was visible to me, almost as if I knew their inner being. I could feel the joy of those in the water, the lightness of spirit of those walking or laying on the grass, enjoying the vibration of those playing music. I could almost see the musical notes dancing in the air. The children seemed expanded in joy. I felt love moving about. Tears covered my face as I was in such appreciation. I felt I was experiencing what was very real in that moment and possibly every moment and I had only then awakened to it. Was this an experience where I was seeing and connecting to the God in myself and everyone? It was glorious. How might I experience this more often? Thank you both so much for presenting to us and for answering our questions. It's delightful to be with you. I love you.
0: Why are you looking at me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean I mean anything I say is just kinda commenting on your experience, but a lot of we're gonna wake up to that oneness on all the different levels. <laughs> what matters is it's happening within us. When you wake up to that divinity within yourself, you're going to begin to see that divinity in all things. That is the oneness, and you're going to begin to see it on every level. And so you're seeing it on the physical level, but that's because you're waking up to it inside of yourself. And it's quite not only profound, but it is wonderful, as you're saying, to have that on a physical level and I remember years ago when I was having that, and boy, I just wanted to live that way every day because literally it made living in the physical wondrous and magical and amazing. And I know when I had those experiences in the physical, as great as it was, one, they didn't stick around where I wished they did. But also I realized then I would keep focusing, looking for it in the physical. And I realized that could become a distraction. I mean, it didn't because it didn't keep happening. (laughs) I had those experiences here and there. But I always realized, though, it's like, well, that only happened because I was meditating, that I was waking up inside of myself. That's where I first started realizing what the Christ consciousness really was, that the wakened soul within myself, and in that I could see that within everybody and all things and that's really where i'd like to say the magic and the majesty of life is and just be grateful and just accept that as one of your wonderful experiences along your journey as into your awakening the truth is that we're gonna eventually transcend this level anyway but what we take with us is the beauty of seeing that that truth of life and that light that is life in all things because in truth it exists spiritually and that's the reality of everything in existence and eventually though all this other dissolves you'll just literally see everything dissolve it's like the matrix it's all an illusion and then all that's left is that majestic magical light of loving and that is always real and always present But when you live in that fully, it will be in the soul realm and the realms of spirit. And that's really what we want anyway. Because eventually we need to transcend and let go of this physical creation. And as much as you probably realize that and understand that, it's just there's that part of us that is of the animal nature, the ego, that even unbeknownst to us consciously will even unconsciously still try to figure that out or experience that again in the world and that's okay that's just part of what happens and what we do but the soul of us and with God and the Holy Spirit are going to keep moving forward anyway and we'll just you know see this as one of those experiences along the way but it is a really the greater awakening not just an experience but really in that experience, a greater knowing now that we are waking up to. So cherish that, embrace it, just love it just like you are and how you described. In some ways I don't even like commenting on people's experiences like this because sometimes I feel like any comment or words I say could just get in the way and diminish um, your experience. Because I know those experiences are the most amazing things and we do not want even our words or anybody's to diminish that. So please don't let any anybody diminish that. Sometimes experiences like that are sometimes better to really keep to ourselves and not share with other people. Because a lot of other people not understanding that um, can diminish that. And that's why I'm even trying to be careful of my words right now and even what I'm saying and expressing this so that you realize, not only anybody, but even me, that you know whatever is said doesn't diminish that. Because words, like even talking now, I feel like all my words are feeling, falling short to what those experiences are like, because I remember having my own like that, and they're just absolutely incredible. They're real, that's the reality. I wish we could live in that every single day. In truth, we do. We just don't have that conscious awareness or experience of that every day physically. But it's just, it's there. It's not like it's there and gone. Once you awaken to that, that is always awake inside of you. Even if that's not your daily experience of life, that's always awake inside of you.
2: I would just say that's a great awakening. And... Just allow more and more of that to happen, if you will, because that is what Ruby said, wake up, wake up. That's the awakening into the greater truth and realizing the difference between that which you're awakening to and the illusion that this world really is.
1: Dearest Jim and Brian, Thank you for being the most amazing teachers for never giving up on any of us. I was listening to a talk from 2006 or seven, where Brian was saying that you have laid the foundation for this path. Everything going forward will be repeating or restating. <laughs> Again That's today, true. your talk about it takes time here, mm-hmm. can take months or a few years.
2: Mm-hmm. No.
1: Well I began with you over 30 years ago and some of the lessons have taken that long. Last month I was saying all the stuff it sounded like only about the physical but it was about seeing the spirit in the m- in the moment of the stuff going on in my life of many lives in this year of life. I can go through many lives in a month. I thought it would slow down after 30 years but it seems to be going even faster. (laughs) What I was trying to say was that though that through me stepping up and taking responsibility for myself LAFing through the whole process giving it up to God that now I can even get to the loving inside for me and everyone else involved in the moment now. It can look like a shit show In the physical but I can move into the gratitude learning and loving in the shit so in the moment so in the moment now it really isn't shit it really is God loving me home this life none of it really mattered none of it was personal everything was loving and a blessing the only truth is God's loving and we are all God's loving children I can know this, live this, and then the next minute, new shit can hit the fan (laughs) in the physical again, but now I remember myself back into God quickly, because you have helped anchor my own remembering back inside of me. Thank you for repeating over and over and over. It doesn't matter what talk of yours I put on to listen to. When I am in the thick of this world, which will happen as long as I'm still here in the physical realms. They all say the same thing now, and that is loving. And if I forget, and I will, your talks, books, etc., ever remind me. I am a divine child of light and loving. That is all that matters in matter. Your loving initiate.
2: Boy, that's well put. That is well put. Thank you. That's great. That helps us to continue doing what we're doing, and we'll continue repeating ourselves all the time.
0: (laughs) And I like what you said about the talks. I do that myself to this day. I listen, I literally listen to our talks every single week, several times a week, and it really doesn't matter which one I listen to. I just kind of intuitively pick one, you know, where I feel drawn to, but it's always the right message at the right moment, and... In truth, it really doesn't matter because no matter which one I listen to, it always does the job of doing exactly what you said. That's for sure. And that's why we make these available. That's the main reason we even do the broadcast and why we have the website and have posted all the talks there for that reason. We know the meditation is really key in working with the sacred name, but we also know in our humanity that we just need that extra support. And listening to the talks has always done that for me, and it's nice to hear that that's doing it for others as well, for sure. I can listen to a talk, and it brings me right into that frequency of the Holy Spirit, and I just keep riding it and going with it, even when the talk is done.
2: Okay.
1: Hi. During the, med- the beginning of meditation... I often experience a slow pulsing purple light. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the purple light becomes surrounded with a vibrant pink light that flows (coughs) in that pulsing from the outer edges like a wave moving into the center and melting in with the purple light. Lately, I am seeing the same thing with the outer circle of golden light pulsing in a flowing wave from the outer edges and into the center melting into the purple light. What is occurring during this? The the inner sounds also change from a mid-range humming to a low bass hum, and then to an extremely high-pitched ringing that is so high-pitched it's almost inaudible. Thank you in loving.
2: You want to
0: say You go first this time.
2: Well, the purple light is the Holy Spirit. And the pink is the loving. The loving that God has for you. The loving that you have for you. The loving that is moving and living in you. And so it's showing you that you're awakening yourself into the loving of self and the loving of God and you're opening to receive God's loving in the same way. And the golden light is that which is awareness of the soul itself. You're beginning to wake up now to being more aware of who you are as a soul being. And the at the center of it all is the movement of the Holy Spirit to, to assist you in doing that. So that's Very, very profound, very meaningful.
0: And I think it's just awesome that you and others are having the experience of literally seeing the inner light and hearing the inner sound. And literally what you just described is, it's funny to call it ordinary or, or simple, but yet it is because what you described is exactly the truth and the same for all of us. It's just a matter of if we can still ourselves enough and focus enough inwards and upwards to be aware of it. It's all it boils down to. What I experience most the time when I meditate is like what you just described. When we go into meditation... And I still myself and focus. I literally, in that quiet, the purple light shows up. And then usually, most common for me is like white light around the edges. But when other colors show up, I just enjoy it and get the love. I always feel a peace and that sensation on my head and that ringing in the ears. And that's it. That's the main thing I experience consistently every single time I meditate. And I just stay with that. And just be in it as long as I can. And any time I get distracted, I just do what I can to come back to that focus and chant the sacred name because that always brings me there. And always focus, looking inwards and upwards um, for the inner light, no matter how. So literally what you described is literally what I always say and recommend (coughs) to everybody that, is what I would recommend if you're gonna do anything in meditation as far as looking or listening for is just like you described. Oh. And then just stay with it as long as you can because it, that is literally the Holy Spirit and the different frequencies of that Holy Spirit <clears throat> that works with us in the awakening process and the unifying process. And if that's all you have, you have everything. That's it. The whole phrase of peace, be still, and know that I am. Well, when you come into the peace and stillness, those colors, that frequency, that loving, those sounds is the I am coming present in your consciousness. Peace, be still, and know that I am right there in that moment. And as soon as we close our eyes and go into meditation, that can show up instantaneously or it might show up in a few minutes. But that is the I am literally coming present as we move into the peace and stillness. Literally. Just go for that. If there's anything you want to look or listen for, that's it. And the longer you hold into that, the more literally that frequency of loving will just dissolve all these karmas, all these attachments, all the garbage, all the stuff we want to get rid of it'll just do it unbeknownst to us in some things we will know because as long as we can hold our focus knowing shows up we'll be aware of things moving themes or lessons they just unfold but as soon as we go and focus into those things in our awareness all of a sudden you notice the inner light goes away the sound goes away and now we're all caught up in our mind at least that's what happens to me But as soon as I catch myself now thinking about all that that I was first just aware of as I was watching the inner light and listening, I go, oh, there it is. Because when I do that, I can feel literally like the door closing, putting a lid on it, and I feel shut off. I can literally feel this separation. And every time that happens, I know I'm engaged in the mind and the light's gone. Every time. Just that easy so easy we miss it I mean it's so easy we literally miss it and don't even realize what we just did but as soon as we do realize that all we have to do is go is stop the thinking and come right back to looking in and up and chanting the name again and as soon as we do that can open up that separation I feel just literally just opens right up literally like a portal which it really is a portal beyond space and time and into the spirit that is timeless And that's all we have to do, over and over and over. And eventually in that, all the attachments that weigh us down are dissolved. And when the time is, then God will literally lift us, literally right out of the body. Or we'll stay in the body, it doesn't matter. Because the same action takes place, whether we're in body or out of body, because it doesn't have anything to do with the body. It has everything to do with the soul and God and the Holy Spirit. Regardless if you're having your experience in the body or out of body, doesn't matter how you're experiencing. It just matters that you are. And that's very well described. That's what I try to talk about um, minus the pink and the blue or the gold. I often just talk about the purple or the white in that because it's just the most common way. But I I hope everybody hears this, and wish everybody would get this all the time. And if you realize that and what I'm saying now, that you would let go of trying to get messages, get your questions answered, trying to have experience, all of that, because all that other distracts you from the simplicity that is really God's loving right then and there. And just the subtlety of that peace and that inner light and sound that you hear but when you do that and you give it all up to god and you let god now unfold you then that inner light and sound will take you into greater experience but the experience it'll take you into is true spiritual experience not the psychic metaphysical stuff it'll take you through the psychic metaphysical into the spirit because that which you just described, that light and sound, is spirit. When you go into that spirit, you are in spirit. No matter which realm you are on, you are in spirit. You can move out of that, though. You can go into that river of loving and start to move through the realms and then all of a sudden you can look somewhere. Just like I said, I get distracted in my thoughts and then I'm in my thoughts. Well, that's when I'm in the body. I've gone out of body, and I've done the same thing. I've gone out of body watching the purple light, and then all of a sudden, I'll feel myself being drawn right out. I'll go through the tunnel, and just like that, I'm out of body, and I'm traveling on that light and sound, and God's bringing me home. And then as I'm traveling that, all of a sudden, I can look somewhere, and just like that. I will be out of that river of loving and now into whatever the experience I was focusing on, just like a thought in my mind. Well, the same thing when I go out of body, I could be in the mental realm and that thought, now I'm actually having the experience on that realm of that thought. It's the same thing whether you're out of body or in body. That thought we have in body, you can experience out of body in that realm. And that's where it gets really wild and that's great and fantastic because you've heard me talk about it a lot, and that's what has motivated me and enthused me, and I still love it. But at this point, I also know it can be a distraction because you can get so caught up in having the experience and the phenomena of all of that that you can get distracted, as Jim was saying earlier, than just staying in the flow of the river of loving. But even when I've done that, I have learned to just surrender and when i do it's like god brings me right back in the river of loving and then all of a sudden i just keep on going up and beyond wherever that was i got distracted again out of body or in body it's the same it's the same you just keep coming back to the river of loving that is the light and the sound as we talk about and what you just described so good job thank you for reaffirming all that and Given me the opportunity to emphasize or overemphasize it once again. <laughs> it's the biggest deal. That's why I'm going on and on. It is the biggest deal what you just shared.
1: Thank you so much for sharing today and the opportunity to ask questions I'm grateful to everyone at ILM for all that you do in making it possible for us to stay connected in response to Brian's WGOD <laughs> and the different frequencies we tune into I reserve, I was reminded of an inner experience I had 10 years ago and could never really figure it out figure out whose voice was speaking to me a voice I found very frightening. I had a dream in meditation where I was seeing so many different faces in front of me, one after another, and the expressions on their faces was that of suffering, pain, and troubled looks. My voice inside said, it's okay, everything is going to be okay. Then I heard a radio being tuned into so many different stations with many different voices, languages, and sounds of radio-like frequencies. Then one very clear, loud male voice came through, and it said, You will do as I say. I instantly felt fear. I felt goosebumps underneath my skin, and I was so afraid I yelled internally with all my might, No! Then instantly the sounds stopped, and I entered into a very deep, quiet state. When I opened my eyes, it felt like only a few minutes went by, but when I looked at the clock, 45 minutes had passed. It was the first time I had ever felt timelessness and a deep inner peace. My question is, whose voice was in, that ra- was in the radio waves? the voice that I was so afraid of that I said no to so strongly, yet ended up teaching me how to release the concept of time and experience deep peace. Thank you. Well,
2: that's very significant and very powerful. Uh, You were in meditation. You were doing the meditation of light and sound for the liberation of the soul. And that voice that came across the frequencies that is the voice of the Lord of this creation, sometimes called call, sometimes called Lucifer. But that's the Lord of this creation saying to you, you will do it His way. You're going to follow Him. And you said no. And that is a very profound moment because you're saying no to this creation. You're not going to do it this way anymore. You're not going to follow that voice anymore. Of all the suggestions of "Do this, get caught up here," and you're now following the simple path that is the straight and narrow, which is peaceful quiet and and of spirit and so this is that's very powerful that's a good question and a good memory.
0: All I can do is agree with it. I mean one, it's just nice to hear people are having these experiences. Yeah. And literally, it's, joy. it's a joy for Gemini to hear uh, people having experiences like this because these are the experiences we'll have, whether we remember them or not. These are the type of experiences every soul will have that is on this pathway and going home to God. Whether you remember or not, in truth, it doesn't matter. What matters is you, the soul, has the experience. And at one point, you will know and remember it. It's just a matter of when, but when you have it consciously now before you leave the body for the last time, that's just a wonderful blessing to have. But if you don't have that, and I'm saying this because I know like the earlier statement or question, somebody saying they don't have experiences. We just want to be clear just because you don't remember doesn't mean you're not having the experience. A lot of the times we won't remember because the mind can get in the way And even the good experiences, the mind can diminish just like I was trying to say I don't want. And sometimes I don't want to say anything because, you know, just any words could diminish our profound experiences. Well, we can do the same for ourselves just with our own mind and our own words. And that's why sometimes maybe better not remember certain things because our own mind could diminish our own profound inner experiences mm-hmm. not just somebody else and that can be a blessing so don't look at when you don't have experience something's wrong because it's not but when you do have experience like what we're you know just talking about here then it really is best just to have that profound gratitude and know that even what seems scary is actually a huge blessing and you know it's tell it's it's telling just what the experiences that you had after you said no to the voice. Because I like to call them soul declarations. When we in our soul, the truth of who we are, have a very direct experience, the soul will make a declaration. And those declarations are really important because those are in a sense, the great signposts along the journey of the soul getting liberated from this creation of time and space. And saying no to Lucifer is a very major one, just like Jim said. Now, it doesn't mean you're totally liberated yet. It just means you now really beginning that total liberation because you have to declare no to Lucifer, really saying I'm not doing you anymore, I'm doing God. And now you really will do God more fully and not fear Lucifer or not give more attention to the right and wrongs of this world, but you'll rather give more attention to God. And that's the grace, believe it or not, God's grace, it's really by God's grace that we even get to the point that whoever wrote that just experienced that. And once you do that, well, it's still all God's grace, but once you do that, you're a lot more involved on a soul level where you the soul now is really empowered to really keep moving more fully into God's grace because that's also a sign that you have been and now are taking greater responsibility for your choices and your actions, which is what is needed to get liberated, literally to get liberated. And if we could only tell you what that really means to get liberated, well, we can tell you. That's what we try to do over and over and over, not only the how, but what it really is, But again, words will always fall short. It is only through your experience. And when you hear some of the experiences, you'll hopefully understand why we always say it's only through your experience. That's why it doesn't matter what we say. You don't have to believe what we say. What matters, you just do it. Because it's in the doing it, you'll have the experience and come to know for yourself. This is not a pathway of belief or faith or trust. This is a pathway of knowing and we only know by having our own experience. But when you have those experiences, that's the greater knowing and signposts of liberation. And that's part of what Jim and I are here to do too is to acknowledge that. Because even when you have those, I know often you may not understand what that is. And so part of our our job, so to speak, here in our service action is to help you understand what those experiences are So you can keep just letting go and moving more and more fully now into the truth of your own experience. Good job, by the way, especially these last couple questions. (laughs) It's nice because talk about keeping the focus and questions on spiritual. That's really these last couple. Well, all of them do. All of them do. I don't want to diminish it. I'm just... I guess saying these last couple really talk about the inner, I mean, in the truest sense, the inner experience. So, but we've got to do it all. If we don't handle our own mental, emotional, physical stuff. Then we may not have or be aware of the inner experiences. But when you're really handling a lot of your responsibility with your thoughts, feelings, you know, actions, reactions, dealing with the other levels, that's how you learn the lessons and, and get clear of the karma is to really now go in and experience more of the inner truth like the last couple that we're we're talking about here. So um, that's why I like it when people share some of these and we can talk about it so that some of us that may not have experienced these things yet um, have references that people are experiencing that. I don't want to make it sound like a testimonial, but <clears throat> rather as a reference or an example that we all can have that additions along this pathway are having experience. And I hope that serves as a motivator and an inspiration to those of us that maybe are beginning or haven't had those experiences to keep on going to eventually know that we ourselves are gonna have that as well. That's really, to me, A benefit of having Q&A where we're all participating together. I know sometimes we can get jealous of somebody else having that and we don't or we can judge ourselves for not having something and thinking others do. That's that's part of what we do as humans and I even like to look at that as an opportunity to learn and grow through what we do to ourselves and hearing all this information. Because ultimately, I know that's going to serve us no matter whether we come at it from a positive or a negative perspective. It's all going to serve us. But I find it greater value that we do talk about these things so that we all have examples and reference um, to this inner spiritual pathway. And that there really is a reality of these other realms and dimensions on the soul's journey, you know, through the kingdoms back into the heart of God.
1: I hope you are all safe and well. I was just wondering about something. Obviously, I'm a baby on this pathway, so I wanted to ask about a dream I had last night. I was, sorry, it was a reoccurring dream which I would wake myself up from, get up and move around the house to fully awaken. Then I would lie back down and fall straight back into the same dream. The dream was that that Big black dogs kept coming into my house, two in the front and two via the back door and I kept chasing them out to protect my boys and the dogs would snarl and bite at me, clamping onto my hands whilst I was chasing them out. I would lock the doors but the dogs kept appearing back inside the house and the whole scenario would begin again. By the way, I had a great night's sleep. <laughs> Much love.
2: <laughs> well, the house represents your consciousness. And the dogs represent the world trying to get in to your consciousness and and create fear and disturbance and chaos. And it's showing you that you're doing what you can to keep the world at bay, keep it outside, and to have the house be yours and not possessed by something else. So now it's a matter of uh, if you're really a baby on this pathway, it means now do the meditation. The meditation will strengthen the doorways, so to speak, where they could come in and it'll it'll give a, a greater clarity of consciousness and loving at the center of it all so that the world can't impose on you as it might want to. Keep going. (laughs) So it's just a matter of you doing the inner work, doing the meditation, doing the loving, accepting, and forgiving, taking responsibility for your thoughts and your feelings, your actions and your reactions. And in that, daily you'll strengthen all that spiritual process within yourself and that dream will probably drop away because the negativity will stop trying to come in and impose itself on you.
0: Also, when dreams or any inner experiences show up like this, especially if they're repetitive, it means that whatever the lesson or I know we say the lesson a lot. Let's just say in this case, the action of what we're doing or need to do is upon us to handle now to handle now. And that's the good news. It also says to me, even though it's fearful or scary or disturbing, dreams like that can be, that it's also letting us know that whatever is currently going on right now in our life, that that lesson or opportunity of action is there for us to do. So to me, that says there's current situations going on in your life, probably physically, that are reflections of this dream. So I would also say to look at not only what's going on inside of you, but to even look at physically what's going on in your life and see if there's different actions you can take to not allow that to come into your consciousness. Because often there can be physical situations that are very disturbing that we feel are attacking, whether it's other people or even like this coronavirus we can see as something attacking us. Um, So it's those types of things to look at and see if there's things you can make. Like if there's somebody in your life attacking you, so to speak, and it's not serving you in any way or assisting you, maybe it's time to look at and see what actions you can take and maybe choose not to participate with those individuals, to do something else, do something different that you're going to find is more loving and supportive of yourself. There's no reason to keep participating in actions that cause harm but that's just conditioning that's what we were talking about earlier what I was talking about earlier when I talked about that part of us of the animal nature and human if you want to call it that more man than the hue part obviously that thinks we have to suffer or be in pain and we'll keep repeating the same things that cause the trauma the drama the stress and all. So, if that's literally what you're doing, now's the time to take a look at making some different choices so you don't keep repeating that. Because often our inner experiences, especially if you are a baby on the path, are a reflection of things that are even, I should say, really. The things going on in our physical life are often a reflection of the lessons we're learning in our consciousness, but it'll also reflect the other way. So there could be situations in our life that are going to reflect in our inner consciousness through the dream state like that. So in that, if you pay attention, the dreams can be giving you information or awareness of what's going on, and the more in a sense negative or hurtful it becomes well usually we won't make changes until it's painful enough so if this is painful enough look at what changes you can make in your life both inwardly and outwardly usually i'd keep it more focused on the inner but sometimes when the inner is very uh, more dramatic usually there's outer circumstances that'll reflect that as well
1: In my dream this week, I wake up to having been tattooed with two full arm sleeves and colorful playf- of colorful, playful, well-done art all over my arms. <laughs> I was going through the process of accepting that I am now tattooed, <laughs> and it's forever. I had moments of discomfort but found a good feeling with the awkwardness of accepting something I didn't intentionally want and found a freedom in accepting these permanent, sweet tattoos forever. What is this all about?
0: Well, uh, tattoos to me are kind of almost like hieroglyphics. If you have any idea of what the actual uh, tattoos were, like pictures of That would, to me, give you symbols um, as reference to what it is. But even regardless of that, the very fact that it was sweet or beautiful and all, to me says it's something that is spiritual. So saying that whatever you're doing in your actions inwardly, that you're being more spiritually focused, doing your meditation. And in that, to me, what the arms is saying, more than likely there's an action of service in a way that you've been giving of that spirit of loving that you've been waking up to inside of yourself. In other words, the arms are an extension of who we are. So to me, that is saying that in that extension, not only giving but also receiving, that that which you give or that which you receive to yourself is really more an action of loving now, which to me is saying that you have really been spiritualizing your consciousness it reminds me of uh, something. Actually, Jim shared years ago about um, what do you call that? Um, the the knight's armor, the undercover, oh, chain the chainmail. Remember, I used to say nothing but good can go from me, and nothing but good can come to me. Mm-hmm. That's what that reminds me of. Um, when you say the tattoos. Nothing but good can come from me and nothing but good can come to me. And that's what I see with the arms and the tattoos is that goodness, the, the spiritualizing of whatever that is. So good for you. And and if anything, the acceptance and whatever that is, feeling it's permanent, uh, that permanent is the good stuff because spirit is permanent. Love is eternal. And to me, that's symbolic of that you are really now waking up and living now more in both the giving and receiving of that permanent eternalness of spirits, of loving. And if anything, man, let your whole body get tattooed. (laughs) (laughs) But the arms are really that symbol of giving and receiving that I would probably say. Is there anything more you'd add to that?
2: No, I think the fact that you're just, it's helping you to learn how to accept and really live into that acceptance in a wonderful way and not struggle or fight with something.
1: Thank you for your sharings today and for the sharings online. They have addressed a lot of what has been coming up for me lately. In the short meditation this morning, I saw myself walking a tightrope across two tall old buildings. It was a tightrope of light and I was afraid I was going to make a misstep. At some point, I got so tired of the strain of trying to balance on this thin line, I was going to let myself fall. It felt like a relief, and I was curious about what would happen, and then we came out of meditation. Do you have some clarity to share on this? Thank you all.
0: To me, um... That says that to me it says you're trying to balance something, the t- tall buildings in your life and that that tightrope of spirit to me says that whatever you've done in your consciousness around what you think is spiritual, that you've created too much of a limitation. I know we talk about the straight and narrow, but when you go into the straight and narrow it's actually quite wide. <laughs> in the beginning we may see it as a tightrope or even a thread or a string of loving. And that's good because at least you're aware of the loving in your life, even if it's that. The part that, I don't want to say good or bad, is that somewhere in your belief system around what is spiritual and how to do spirit is too limited and tight. So whatever that is inside of you that you've created restriction and you're limiting of what it is to be spiritual or do spirit and the fact that you said you just it would be a relief just to let yourself fall great let yourself fall because to me letting yourself fall and the relief of that is saying that you're now willing to let go of whatever you think your limiting tight belief systems are around what is doing spirit And it's a balancing act between the two buildings and this rope between the two buildings. We're not doing a balancing act here. Not at all. We're about loving and accepting everything. And with God, there's room to love and accept everything. There's no limitation or restriction. And the truth is, when you really live it in the fullness, you don't need any tightrope. You don't need anything to hold you up. God holds everything and everybody up. There's nothing to hold up, in other words. It really, God is present in all things, which means you can fly, you can levitate, you can go in and through, down or up, or any way around, because there's no limitations with God. It's not about a narrow-minded way of thinking. What is spiritual is another way is, is saying that is righteousness, which is what religion teaches. We are not a religious pathway. We're not a path of righteousness. We are a pathway of loving, accepting, and forgiving and just walking to God. And that embraces and accepts everything, loves everything, and lets go of everything because we're focused on God first and God only, but God is in everything. But in order to realize God in everything, we've got to now really now go to God in our consciousness and be one with God to know the God in everything. And that's where it seems like the straight and narrow may in our imagination or mind construct seem limiting but in truth it's not what it really is is just learning how to focus on God and loving and the other experience like the purple and the white and the gold and the blue and pink light we're talking about that's a good way to realize you're really moving towards God but it's not limiting it's just the focus It's a one-pointed focus. It's tuning in to the right frequency. But the mind will make us think it's very restrictive and rigid. It's not. It's just learning how to focus. And then the clarity that comes with that. And as you focus into it, your consciousness will go into it and then (laughs) expand into all things. It's just a process of how that unfolds. So I'm glad... um, that you came to the realization to just let yourself fall and the relief it'll be because it will be and you'll find even when you really do let yourself fall well that's when now that's you surrendering to allow the Holy Spirit now to carry you and that's what you'll discover as you really now let go and fall and believe me that's the biggest relief there is when you discover the Holy Spirit will carry you where you don't have to walk a tightrope and try to balance everything. There's no need for that. So we have three more. Do you want to take three more? Uh, yeah, we could. I mean, I, I know it's 6 o'clock. Three more. Let's go ahead and do it. And if if we're a little short in our answers, just know it's time-wise. And I know we tend to give long-winded answers, or at least I do, but... <laughs> I can make it short too.
1: Okay. So, thank you for this opportunity. And then she's a whole paragraph on how her computer froze. She meditated, <laughs> didn't come out, missed your talks. She's disappointed. However, I have a dream that I would well, like. Well, just
0: before the dream, just know, like we said earlier, as soon as we're done with this, the recording will be instantaneously available. So, as soon as we're done and shut everything off, you can go back and actually listen to our talks right away if you want after this or wait another day. And if it's not
1: instantaneous, it'll be within 10-ish minutes. It'll take a little time for BoxCast to upload it, but um, it should happen pretty quick. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if it's not instantaneous and you're all listening, it's not that it's not going to (laughs) happen. Check back in half an hour.
2: Yeah,
0: cool.
1: (laughs) Okay. Okay. I have a dream that I would like some clarity on. I dreamt that I was trespassing and, and shark hunting. Once I caught the shark, he curled around my ankles like a large dog. The police came to arrest me for illegally shark hunting. A man who in life I had just started dating came and said, I can get you out of this mess, but you will need to pay the police $2,000. That's it.
2: I think it's showing to begin to look and see what your choices are in life. What is it you're really wanting to do that's going to serve you well and not just go do something and then find out later that it isn't really serving you in the way that you thought it would. So I I think it's, you know, look at the people, look at the situations, look at the actions, look at the reactions, all of that, and see what really is the best for you in the moment and not just do something because it's there to do.
0: Works for me.
1: Okay. (laughs) Recently, I have been focusing on finding where my beliefs are holding me hostage. Actually, it appears to be everywhere, and I seem to be simply a belief and it seems to be simply a belief system on this level. During-
0: very good. I, I just want to say very good awareness. Belief systems, no matter what they are, always withhold us and hold us back. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's a belief system means it's a mind construct. Anything of the mind construct or emotions or imagination or body always hold us back. So very good awareness. I just right off the bat, I want to acknowledge that.
1: Okay. During a meditation, I saw this plane as though a mirror or window looking into this chaotic, frenetic, fractured, and confusing illusion from an expansive place of peace, serenity, mm-hmm. and joy slash humor.
0: Good awareness. that To me, I'm going to answer that. I know there's more. But that's actually now getting from the soul's perspective what the mind does. So to me, the plane is representative of the soul taking flight and looking through as you're looking through the spiritual eye, seeing the truth of this illusion and the belief systems that you just became aware of create that limitation. So very, very good awareness. Just write that from that perspective. Keep going.
1: And he says in parentheses, I take it. This is the lake of reflection slash the comic Cosmic mirror that I was peering through. Mm-hmm. This perspective slipped. That's a-, a
0: yes, in case the person didn't hear when oh, Jim okay. went. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Affirmative. <laughs> <laughs> this perspective slipped away very quickly,
0: as it often does.
1: <laughs> this happened during a meditation where I had no attachment or feeling of urgency to do my meditation
0: how about that is there a correlation
1: (laughs) I was just meditating to just hang out with God
0: (laughs) exactly no restrictions no pressures no limitations of any kind and that's what we want to do because when you go into meditation that way then you leave it up to God to unfold it all and that's where you're going to have your greater awakening
1: and he finishes by saying usually I seem to be efforting to meditate (laughs) though I do make Mm -hmm. a point to meditate daily
0: excellent excellent that's a really good awareness right there it's strange I know to say to not make an effort but yet to do that's one of my favorite quotes from Lao Tzu talking about how to do without doing I I don't even remember it now it's been so long but it's literally that along those lines how to do without making an effort and that's truly what neutrality is it's in other words, you're in the movement of loving loving there's no effort or doing loving just is, but loving in that isness is always in movement. That's a statement of living in the neutrality of the river of loving that is doing you and you are doing it. It's one and the same, and that's that's a, not only a great awareness but that if anything that's a statement of. Actually, what it's like to be in that, and then the awarenesses that come, and it just unfolds us. And in the unfolding of us, we have the awareness, the understanding, because of the experience we have living and being in that. I wanted to. This is another person. <coughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Did you have anything else to add on that last one? No. Awesome.
2: Is your microphone?
1: I just turned it on.
2: Okay. I didn't hear you. <laughs>
1: <coughs> I wasn't on. <laughs> I wanted to say thank you for the Fetzer biography. Mm. I read only the Jim chapter last year (laughs) and recently read the entire book. I was amazed to discover so much of my own journey mirrored in John Fetzer's life. This was so valuable to me in confirming my life path and refreshing my sometimes lagging enthusiasm for the path of sound and light. Further, I am again profoundly grateful for this F- for this gift, and for Jim, Brian, and Kelsey.
0: Thank you. I, you huh. want to make any comments? Cause that that was a nice acknowledgement for you. That book. That's why we yeah. gave it as a Christmas gift.
2: Well, I just I think John lived a life of an example to many people, and I I'm glad that you saw that for yourself and can see yourself in all of that. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's a good acknowledgement of where you are now in your life, because you can see it. You know that that you've been through these things, and you've come a long way. That's wonderful.
0: And to me, one of the things that, unless you're on this pathway with us in ILM, most people won't that read that book won't understand, because I know that chapter. Um, says, John Fetzer's psychic advisor, you know, Jim Gordon. Well, yeah, Jim did do a lot of the psychic because he has that level of clairvoyance. But the way I've always known Jim and what attracted me here with him is that he's always really, truly, even through all the metaphysical psychic stuff, has always directed the soul towards God. It's always been about this path of soul liberation, and that's what John Fetzer did. Even though he may have looked at Jim more in that psychic way, like the book describes, to me that's just a wonderful example of how God's grace can work with us, no matter what. If it looks like the psychic and metaphysical, kind of how it was somewhat represented in the book there, but also there was a nice acknowledgement of the spiritual, because ultimately that's what... I know Jim was doing with John just because of my own inner experience and how he's worked with me and all of us, is that sometimes even the psychic level stuff shows up because that's God's way of helping guide the soul to have its experiences, to learn its lessons, to get liberated. And that was true of John Fetzer because John Fetzer got initiated and received all the sacred names of God. And when he passed, he was liberated. Mm-hmm. I know that from my own inner experience. That's why I can say that, let alone hearing, you know, what Jim has shared over the years. And what I don't know how how well the book represents that or not, because I didn't read the rest of the chapters myself. <laughs> One of these days I'm hoping to, but I've only read the chapter on Jim as well. But John Fetzer did walk this path of initiation and received the sacred names as it was described in the book, actually, you know, even though he did it with John Roger, is really that action of service that Jim's always done, even with the blue light at the time to assist him in, in his own liberation, just as Jim's always done, even when he didn't have the mantle of initiation, he was still doing it anyway, even serving whoever did hold the mantle of initiation. So that's a great, it's a great testament, a great statement. And that's what it's meant to be—an example, and yeah. and if anything, um, a great action of service. Um, how Jim was acknowledged in the book to me is just a- acknowledging the spiritual teacher um, as the minister for God and to serve the soul on its journey, you know, home to God and liberation. Thank you.
1: And one last acknowledgement. Okay. Um he wrote to me, it was the person that asked about not seeing anything in meditation and who decides that. Mm-hmm. So this person wrote, Um, Kelsey, Jim and Brian's answer to the question I asked contained possibly the best information I've ever received about my meditation journey. Wonderful. So very helpful. Mm. Well, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Please thank them for me when time permits. I'm so fortunate to have these men and the structures of ILM to assist in the process. Love and
0: light.
2: Fantastic. That's wonderful. wonderful.
0: Thank you. It's nice to hear that. It really is. And, you know, I mean, sometimes we give answers that disturb people and it pisses them off. And it's nice to know that Sometimes we give answers that really help people. I'm making a joke, but I'm also telling the truth. That really do help because they're really meant to, no matter how we interpret the answers that we get um, from Jim and I and any spiritual teacher for that matter. Because I also want to say Kelsey does a lot of wonderful uh, counseling in classes and so does Stephen McAfee. And I just want to give credit to them as well that – I don't care if it's me or Jim or Kelsey or Steven or anybody that spirit has in this, you know, uh, line of action of service, the way we are serving the soul here on this path of liberation, that everything we do, um, no matter which vehicle or which one of us it's coming through is really there to serve the soul in its journey of liberation and, And I know it helps to have some level of clarity and understanding and so doing. And that's really all we're attempting to do here in this level and all the classes and, you know, retreats and workshops we do is for that very reason, let alone to give the opportunity to actually practice and have experience with the meditation and any exercises we do and all that. And I hope everybody really realizes that, that even sometimes when we give answers that may disturb you or get you upset it's not that we're trying to well maybe we are trying to disturb you and get (laughs) you upset my favorite line the truth will upset you free well when we get disturbed or upset that's not a bad thing because that's helping to draw our attention to where our lessons are and as you hear at least me say all the time we need to really learn those lessons not avoid them or deny them and it's often not until we're willing to look and learn those lessons will we get our freedom, and that's why we do what we do. And I and I probably should speak more for myself because I know Jim's the Mr. Nice Guy, and sometimes I can be confrontative. But even when I do, I didn't have any of that today. No, nobody said anything to rile me up. <laughs> not really. But I I, I want to acknowledge even like the last Q and A. Um, I know one of the answers I gave, I gave with a lot of energy that seemed very upsetting or as if I were very frustrated because sometimes I do that because I want people to know, I want to reflect back to people what's actually running in their consciousness. So when you see me give an answer in such a way that looks confrontative or upsetting or like I'm mad or irritated or frustrated with the person and their question, what I'm actually doing, it's not me who's really irritated, mad, and frustrated. What I'm actually doing is reflecting back to the person what's running in their consciousness. But you see, I know that. But the reason I'm taking the time to explain that right now is because a lot of people don't understand that, that part of the teacher's job is to reflect back to the individual, the soul, whatever that is, so that they can learn their lessons. But if people don't understand that, they will often think it's me and get upset with me or Jim, because believe it or not, Jim sometimes Mm -hmm. upsets people too, not nearly as often as I do, but still nonetheless, because that's part of the responsibility we have to our disciples, those that are choosing to walk this pathway of liberation Our responsibility is to really support and assist you. And sometimes that support and assistance doesn't always look peaceful. But I hope everybody can realize or begin to at least see in hearing what I'm saying that when those situations arise, like the last time, that it really is to share back with you in a way that will get your attention, that may pull up the disturbance and the reaction and the upset. Most people think that's bad, but it's not. Those disturbances and upsets are not to be ignored. They're to be looked at, and sometimes they're brought up in that way so that we really do look at them because that's required is to look at things, to look, to learn so we can focus our loving. So focusing the loving into that disturbance is what we need to do and how can we do that if it's lying in our unconsciousness so when that happens it's bringing up out of the unconscious to our consciousness and that's an important thing to realize no matter if we share in a way that looks peaceful and quiet or laughter and joy or whether it looks like it's anger and upset all of it serves us but we have to be open to look at it that way in order to get the benefit. And that's what I'm trying to say there and hope everybody realizes um, in all of that. So with that, um, unless there's any, is there, are we, are we good there, Kelsey?
1: Yeah, just um, an announcement that the next class is June 14th.
0: June 14th, Very the next good. class. Cool, well with that then, Thank you for listening, and thank you for participating. It's been another wonderful day. And for those of you that are still on, that maybe this was your first time. And I hope you had a nice experience. And if you didn't, please keep on searching. But thank you, everybody. And we look forward to seeing you next month. Goodbye. God bless. Have fun. (laughs) All right. So, again... This recording will be available, including the Q&A, um, probably in a half an hour or so. So tonight or any time going forward, you'll be able to watch this class for the next month until the next class. On this page. On this page, so the video, not the audio, the video. The, the video which has the audio with it. <laughs> on this broadcast page. On this broadcast page. Uh, the talk will be put on the podcast as normal, sometime, you know, in a few weeks. But if you want to watch and listen, go right back to the page that you're on right now and just click it and it'll replay um, all of today. So if you want to do the meditation or listen to the talks or go through the Q&A, you're welcome to at your leisure. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you all next time. Good night.